0: If you are a woman over 40, I can so sympathize with you. So even because I'm in healthcare, I'm not immune to having these chronic little aches and pains that have popped up since I've hit my 40s. If you're in your 40s, 50s, or 60s, and maybe you're waking up with this stiff and achy neck or newfound back pain when you're sitting in a chair for too long, or maybe even you try to go and exercise, but your knee is bothering you. We hear this all the time, and that's why my husband, Oscar, and I wrote Thrive, Not Survive Over 40, and this book is the ultimate guide to become more active and mobile, free from painkillers and surgeries so you can get the most enjoyment out of life. And this product is the last 17 years, really, of our experience working with clients and helping them avoid any unnecessary surgeries or any invasive treatments. And it teaches you the mistakes to avoid when it comes to your health. So you can really live a life being more enjoyable and active and do the things that you love. So you can find this book, Thrive, Not Survive Over 40, over on our website. It's on our homepage, level4pt.com. That's level4pt.com. Or you can visit Amazon and purchase it there. Thrive, not survive over 40. I hope you enjoy it, and it also makes a great gift for someone else you love in their 40s, 50s, or 60s. Thanks for listening to this podcast, and let's get started on the episode. Welcome, ladies, to the Women's Health Happy Hour podcast. My name is Dr. Dawn Andalone. I am a women's health physical therapist, author, educator, and co-owner of Level 4 PT and Wellness. And this podcast is informative, but lighthearted, and we discuss all things women's health in order for you to lead an active and vibrant lifestyle. So cheers, and let's get started. Thank you for joining us today. I am really looking forward to talking with Dr. Angela Cortal. She is an Oregon based naturopathic doctor who is with me today on the women's health, happy hour podcast, and she's made it her mission to change how we approach and treat chronic joint pain by reversing the causes of arthritis one joint at a time. I love this. She is passionate about this topic because of her own history with a debilitating knee injury that caused years of chronic pain, feeling stuck and feeling like she was out of options. Through her clinical practice, best-selling book and online education, she teaches her patients and the public her framework for looking at and treating chronic joint issues using a root cause approach. Her goal is to help everyone experiencing joint pain get to healing, moving, and feeling their best as Dr. Angela has done so for herself and thousands of her patients. So welcome Dr. Angela. I am really glad that you are here joining me and we we've never met in person but we're meeting here over Zoom. So thanks for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me. I mean that's all of our socialization nowadays. <laughs> it's Zoom. It's all Zoom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, at least you're on the same coast as me. So you're in Oregon, correct? Yes,
1: yep, yep.
0: Okay and um the theme of this happy hour um podcast is maybe you're drinking water maybe you're drinking alcohol i'm not quite sure but i always have a glass of wine so let's say cheers well- cheers <laughs> and what yes, are you drinking I, uh-
1: Well, uh, because it's the happy hour, I have a hot toddy and also because it is really cold outside. Ah. So I got my sweater, my, my blanket on my lap and, and my hot toddy.
0: Love it. I have a a glass of Rose here in my office in San Diego is quite different weather than Oregon. So tell us a little bit about where you live, what your background is, and how you got started on your journey to become a naturopathic doctor.
1: Sure. So I live um, pretty rurally. Uh, I grew up in Portland and after 30 something years living there decided we we needed a different change of scenery. So my husband and I uh, moved from our house in Portland to um, out in the country outside of Salem, Oregon. And so we're towards the the coastal foothills and we get chillier, colder, foggier weather. So it's been (laughs) in the 40s and raining for, I'm not quite sure how many weeks right now. Uh, so, so that's that's been our weather right now. I am a naturopathic doctor and I practice in Salem and Portland. Those are my two clinic locations. And I've been practicing for eight years. And like you mentioned in my bio, I have a very long history for more, more than a decade, almost two decades prior to that, trying to put together my own health, piece by piece following a, uh, a skiing accident about, about oh. 20 years ago. Uh, that's, that's what set it off. And though it was a very long road, uh, full of lots of bumps, lots of twists and turns. Ultimately I, uh, it took me to where I am right now, which is helping, helping my patients. I helped myself and sort of me, uh, trying to reverse the whole paradigm on, on how we look at joint pain.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting. Everybody seems to have their own little personal story that develops into their passion. And you wrote a book, you're helping other people. So it means even more when it's coming from your own experience and what you've seen in yourself. And so how take us back to when you became a naturopathic doctor, did you decide where you wanted to specialize or how did you get into the more arthritis and joints and and the stuff that you talk about now.
1: Well, when I when I very first began, I would I would describe my practice as a little bit more generalized or like women's health actually focused. I saw a lot of women helping with menstrual, perimenopausal, postmenopausal issues, and I still love hormones. I still love dealing in in that uh, with patients. But where the whole chronic joint pain element came in was because of my own own history, of course. And I was early on in my practice thinking, okay, (laughs) I've gone through, I'm not even sure how many years of school at that point, medical school, everything. And I considered myself like a healthy person, clean eating, physically active. Still, my knee was in a lot of trouble, very, very unstable, very wobbly, prone to give out on me. Um, lots of crunching and, and aches and pains. And I thought I'd really got to solve this for myself. And I just felt like going through the typical route, I was at the end of the line, um, because it wasn't the the typical, um, like an osteoarthritis wasn't what set it off like a lot of my patients who are maybe in their forties, fifties, sixties, seventies on up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so it wasn't exactly, well, a surgery will fix you. It was more like, you're supposed to be better by now that the, your surgery went fine. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Just do more knee exercises. And I was like, I'm doing knee exercises. I promise you um, I'm, I'm physically active. And so that's where I decided to okay circle back around what can I what what further can I look into and it was literally just pubmed searching for a long time and looking at article after article finding a lot of the regenerative injection therapies and a little light bulb went off like yeah I heard about that in school I I there was a grand rounds on it uh, but I just sort of filed that away, and then mm-hmm. when I started looking into it and reading the research on it, I was really fascinated, really impressed by the results, and thought, this is something I should I should really look into seriously. And uh, and so after you know months and probably a year or two of online research, then going to the conferences of these professional organizations of the providers of the injection therapies okay, like getting a sense of what they're presenting to their colleagues, kind of getting into that community. And then it's just been going and going and going (laughs) in sort of an upward trajectory for the last five five or six years. I attended those. I went to just about every training I could get my hands on between the U.S. and Canada and Mexico. I was flying everywhere and trying to learn from every doctor I possibly could. And uh, now even teach other doctors these therapies. Not much really is happening in person right now, but mm-hmm. um, but that's definitely something I have been doing and will we'll kind of swing, swing back into more in the future. And yeah, and, and, and I should say that, that through that fairly early on, I got three injection sessions done on my own knee. And, Uh and it, it it was for me, the, the, the night and day difference. It, it, it was, it was like, I had a new knee. (laughs) It literally felt different.
0: Wow. So for our audience and maybe they're women over the age of 40, that this topic sparks some interest in them. Explain what a PRP injection is and also a cortisone injection, maybe the difference between.
1: Yeah, I would love to because this comes up all the time and almost everyone has heard of a cortisone injection and not that many people have heard of the PRP injection. So PRP stands for platelet-rich plasma injections and it is a type of regenerative injection therapy. And so I I tell patients on the surface uh, a PRP or, or there's a few other types of regenerative injection therapies they can look like a cortisone injection because it is an injection going to that area of chronic joint pain, but that's where the similarities end. Where the cortisone injection is, it's, it's, a, it's a steroid medication inside of the syringe, that's what's being injected, and steroids suppress our immune system. That's, that's what they do, that's how, <laughs> that's why we use them as a medicine, and so I've had patients say the cortisone injection worked great and seemed to hold on for a long time. I've had other patients say it worked great and then came back a couple of weeks later. I've had other patients say it hurt like the Dickens and did nothing for me. And so you can get those varying responses because it matters. Uh, what, what it all comes down to is where did that pain come from? If the pain came from inflammation in the area, which is set off by the immune system, then the cortisone injection might be successful. Uh, but if the source of that inflammation is, is not addressed as is typical because the it's usually just a go in get the injection. Okay. Bye-bye. Uh, then then it's very very common that 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 inflammation just comes back and and someone will find that that the the entire effects are kind of back, back to baseline. Yeah. With the, with the with the PRP injections it is uh that type starts with a blood draw actually and that that's where we get those platelets and the name platelet rich plasma injections. So from the blood draw the physician is concentrating that sample down into just uh, pretty much platelets and growth factors and actually using that as the injection. And uh, I tell patients that it, it's not magic. It might feel like magic. <laughs> and and in my case, I had what felt like a magical reaction, but I tell patients it's really communication. Uh, the, the doctor's job is to find the exact areas where the injection might go, which is another difference from the cortisone injections. Generally, it's just boop, one one right into the knee, that's, that's all, versus um, for many of the providers who use PRP, they may come from a, a prolotherapy type of training or, or just a different, different types of looking, different ways of looking at the joint where mm-hmm. we might be able to identify tendons, ligaments, areas of instability. So not every knee is treated the same because it's not evaluated the same. And so for one person, they may actually get three or four different injections in, in that area because we've assessed like th- those are the structures that you need uh, to, to get healing. Um, and and that, that's what the communication ultimately is, is uh, we'll, we call it the stem cell migration signal. And that's just a technical name to say that where that injection goes, it actually tricks the body, makes it think it's a new fresh injury. So that the, the good part of the immune system that we want, uh, that'll, that'll come and do the healing is then initiated and set off the, the healing cascade.
0: That's such a good way to explain it because being a physical therapist and we actually have a doctor in close by us that we get a lot of clients from that once they do the PRP injection, it's pretty much like you have to do your physical therapy with it too, because you're going to address the biomechanics and why your joint actually can't move the root cause. And also it can help the, the healing process of what's going to happen after the PRP injection. Cause you're still helping the, the big picture, but it's so cool how you just explained it because people don't really understand. They're like, well, it's my own blood and I don't know, they do something with it. And <laughs> <laughs> and some people will do it for a joint. Some people will do it for a chronic tendon, uh, like tendonitis issue. So, explain some of the the biggest reasons why, um, or that you prescribe it for, and the people it works best for. Sure.
1: So, um, so because it has this, uh, very kind of base level effect of it'll stimulate healing. That's why we can use it in a wide variety of musculoskeletal conditions. So degenerative joint disease or, or osteoarthritis. Um, it I've used it in so many different parts of the body. Uh, I would say knees, hip, low back, shoulder, um, wrist, hand, ankle, like if, if we can get, if we can get this communication to an area where the cartilage has started to thin, we can, we can work to reverse it. It's not the only tool that I, that I use for that. I, I like to, um, take, take kind of a wide scope effect, such such as physical therapy, such as just getting, getting those parts strong and active, um, and then with tendonitis, I would say the most common sites and those that I see the most often uh, researched are rotator cuff, um, lateral epicondylitis. If um, people will call that tennis elbow. Um, hmm. What about uh, like Achilles, Achilles ten- tend? Yeah, Achilles yeah. tendonitis.
0: Yep. Yes. Yeah, I've seen that before too.
1: Yep. Yeah. And, uh, along with PRP prolotherapy is a different kind of regenerative injection therapy that I use and they, and they do have some slight differences. So if an area has, is more inflamed, more unstable then the prolotherapy sometimes can be less aggravating, less flaring, um, of a procedure for those patients. So sometimes one is a better fit than the other, or, or sometimes it could really just go either way.
0: Oh, okay. So, um, changing topics just slightly. You did write a book. So tell us a little bit about the book and um, what info we can find inside who, who needs to read it. Sure. Uh,
1: I I'll, I'll start off by saying that the title of the book is Younger Joints Today. So anyone feeling stuck with achy old cranky joints, I would invite you to take a read. <laughs> and uh, the reason I'm that raising I- my I hand this.
0: already, like, <laughs> I'm slightly over 40 and like, it happens already.
1: (laughs) Yes. And, uh, and, and if anyone feels like they just got stuck at the end of the line with the conventional treatment route and like left hanging, that's where I work with patients. That's who I wrote the book for. Uh, because I think like the, the treatment plan doesn't have to stop there after the ibuprofen and the cortisone injection doesn't work. Um, a lot of my patients are not candidates for surgery or, uh, often are told, well, wait five or 10 years until it gets worse, until it gets bad enough, uh, for us to replace the joint. So it's like, well, what are you supposed to do in the meanwhile, just suffer for a decade? No I've done that. I know what that feels yeah. like. I don't want anyone else to, to go through that. Uh, So instead, and this is, this is really my, my culmination, I I published the book earlier this year, and it's the culmination of all the information i have kind of put together and distilled of what are all the factors someone can look to look through for understanding the sources of joint pain. So there, there's some pieces in there that, um, talking about like specific types of movement someone can do. But a lot of people, to be honest, have probably been told, well, you need to be active, you need to exercise. Okay, great. Um, I I have some research in there as to to what to look to specifically, but uh, but, but there's many other topics that I'm going through with patients that I wish were the standard of care. I I guess that's what I wanna say. This book is what I wish was the standard (laughs) of care, such as talking about nutrition. Like when is that ever brought up in an orthopedic or rheumatology exactly. sphere? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not getting the right building blocks in during your meals, your body's going to have a really hard time healing. Uh, and then, and then jumping off from there, a lot of different lifestyle pieces that I that I want everyone to be aware of. I talk a lot about hormones. And this might be one of the few books on joint pain that talks a lot about hormones because of how important I really think it is going through kind of every, every one of the top hormones that I think like these need to be checked. Um, I have additional information in there for like, do your symptoms look more like this or this? These are a lot of the, the top hormones that I'm checking because it's not just my opinion. It's my clinical experience that reversing hormone deficiencies can vastly improve a lot of my patients' uh, joint pain. But, but it's in the research um, from thyroid, estrogen, testosterone. Th- those, are, those are top ones, but I talk about insulin as well. And then, and then I, I wrap up. I'm kind of going through these as a seven-step approach to kind of go go through the evaluation to think about every step. And then we end with talking about supplements and then also the injection therapies.
0: I love that. We only touch the surface of the nutrition portion. And that's why we really want to bring a nutritionist into our wellness center, but it's like food is medicine. And if you're not addressing that portion of it, when we're talking about how our body's feeling performing, that's huge. And That's why I go to a naturopathic doctor myself too, because it has to be addressed. And when people are in pain, you want to find out like what their daily habits are, what they're eating. And that's so cool to hear from you too. Like hormone levels, thyroid, all that plays into it too, and really has an effect on the aging process.
1: Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and I, and I think there's, uh, when, when people talk about anti-aging, they're almost always just stopping with, you know, what does your face look like (laughs) or your hair restoration, something like that. And I, I, uh, I'm always on the fence as to whether or not I call myself an anti-aging doctor because I don't work in the aesthetic medicine, but I think of myself as definitely anti-aging joints. Like I can feel (laughs) if I haven't been doing all the things I know that my body needs to do, I will feel quite a bit older. (laughs) I will wake up with older (laughs) joints and then I get back on to what I know I need to be doing specifically to helping my joints heal. and, And it's like turning back the hands of time.
0: Yeah. Wow. Very cool. Well, um, what types of people would you say have the best success with the PRP injection? Have you noticed like what they do after um, they get the injection, or different types of personalities? Are they go getters? Are they very active people, or do they tend to think it's going to be an automatic cure and then don't do a lot afterward? What what kind of per- personality?
1: So uh, I'll 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 go back to talking just about the PRP is using someone's own growth factors and and even like stem cell response so we're really calling upon the vital force and the capacity to heal of each individual person Mm -hmm. and there's a lot all of us can do uh to place ourselves at a different point of that spectrum of of a really strong healthy vital force or not 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 so healthy not 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 so intact and uh, physical activity is huge um, on both sides of, of the procedures. So someone who is, fit, who is regularly physically active, who is developing their own strength, uh, aware of their own you know mobility, probably working with someone to be able to customize that, they're doing their prehab, <laughs> setting mm-hmm. themselves up well so that they can take it maybe a little bit easier and rest right after the injections, but then get somewhere way different uh, post injections in terms of their, um, their physical performance and capacity and, and, and physical ability. I, I see that with, with uh, physical activity. I see that with nutrition status. I see that with hormone status. So yeah, there's a lot of ways where we could be very deficient and not really doing anything whatsoever. And Maybe, maybe the injections will do a little something, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's possible, but it's nowhere near the type of response. if, If someone has that whole game plan really set in place to the point of a lot of the time I am pushing off the date of the injection further than what a patient may come to me in mind getting, because we have some, a little bit of work to do. Yeah, And yeah. ultimately it's the, it's the, um, decision of the patients, but sometimes if it's really clear because I'm doing my whole rest of my naturopathic intake and everything, let's test your hormones because if your hormones are deficient, the, the injection will be somewhat or entirely wasted.
0: Yeah. Well, that's so important too, to take into account all of that before they get an injection because they want it to be a success. You want it to be a success. So it's looking at the big picture. Yes. Yes. They
1: sometimes they are a little bit disappointed, but they're always on board because, <laughs> because like you said, yes, they, they want to invest that, that time and, and energy and attention towards healing. So mm-hmm. why not make it the best possible response?
0: Why might somebody see you as a naturopathic doctor versus seeing a, a medical doctor M.D.?
1: I would say that I do know a couple of MDs in my prolotherapy organization that f- practice functional medicine, that practice regenerative injection therapies. Uh, but beyond those uh, handful of colleague friends, my, my practice is very, very different. So I have a lot of patients who have a primary care doctor, might be an MD, going to that doctor for your annual, uh, going for physical exams, going for... A sore throat on Monday night, whatever it might be, that that they do have that kind of provider. I I think of myself as much more specialized, and we're focusing where other types of care are are leaving off, are just not getting somewhere further. Mm-hmm. And um, and so that my my practice isn't particularly exclusionary to any type of person. It's really more of Do you want what I'm offering? (laughs) Because we're going to go deep into figuring out joint and hormone issues and and going through that process. So if that's what you're looking for, that's what I offer.
0: Yeah. Well, I found that too. It's just more time and attention, a digger, deep dive into what the history is like, what your goals are, other things that you might not have time to tell your medical doctor when you go. And, and yeah. it's, unfortunately it's a system too. A lot of times doesn't allow yeah. them the yeah. time to be able to do that.
1: It's, it's the time it's a familiarity. I would mm-hmm. say a lot of my patients, uh, I'm the only one that's ever bringing up to them that there's even a possibility of checking their hormones.
0: Wow. Yeah. A lot
1: of providers aren't, it's just not their thing <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to be honest. It's just not their thing. They don't, they're not familiar with it. Don't really want to go there. Doesn't just doesn't sound like something they want to get into. So they'll often say, no, there's no reason to check your hormones or no, we can't do that. And, and then, and then I come along and like, actually, yes, we, we, we sure can (laughs) let let's do that right now. I think that's actually a really good idea. We should be doing that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Let's optimize your health. Not just, I mean, It's the difference between really living the way that you're uh, living up to the potential of what your body can feel and do and perform. And we
1: don't best know that route unless we have all the information. Mm -hmm. So, so maybe that's, maybe that's testing. Maybe, maybe that's a really good physical exam. This is something that I quasi rant on (laughs) early on in my book. But uh patients with chronic pain, I'm often seeing them and they've been to a handful of doctors in the larger medical sphere and they've not had a, a, a physical exam. What I say, like a real physical exam, like hands-on that area physical exam. Like you gotta be kidding me, this person's <laughs> been in pain for years often.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah, I know it is mind-blowing sometimes. <laughs> Uh well what about you and your own personal health journey we know a little bit about what's helped your knee but how do you keep yourself healthy and what are like the the things that you have to have in your day or your week that you want to stay on track with your own health uh
1: i'm i've always definitely known for myself that sleep is important getting enough hours uh, even, even going through school, even really medical school, I was, sometimes there's a shift that ended late or a class you have to get up early for, but I've never pulled an old all nighter in my life. I, I just can't possibly function that way. <laughs> <laughs> I know I need enough sleep to heal. Um, having like restful downtime, very easy to do now out, out, in our rural quiet country setting. Um having having physical activity, which I've really enjoyed strength training in the past, and I'm kind of sort of piecing together things at home like everyone else is
0: right now. Everyone's home gym. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep, yep. So, you know, very acquainted with the body weight exercises. I got some kettlebells and <laughs> and and staying staying really hydrated. And then I uh I, I, I mean, nutritionally, I kind of, I practice what my, I preach. I tell my patients, like, you got to get enough protein in. You got to get those good sources of, you know, whole foods in. You got to minimize that junk, which can be super easy with people at home. And I've heard this a lot of just kind of snacking constantly on stuff all day. Well, I just, I start with not buying it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Don't want to buy the
1: junk food, even if it's at Trader Joe's or some other health food store, it's still junk food. (laughs) So leave it there. Just eat enough to, to satiate yourself during your hours of video conferencing or whatever it is. And, um, and I, I take a couple of supplements, but I, but I really don't have like a list of 20 of them that, that I, that I take every day.
0: Wow. Yeah. I, I love to hear that. I think every single person I've interviewed has mentioned the sleep portion because if you're not sleeping, it affects everything else. You will not heal. If you're not <laughs>
1: getting enough good, deep hours in, you just won't heal.
0: Yeah. Oh Well, I love talking to you. This is really cool because we we actually have never met until this conversation right now so I appreciate you coming on the podcast and I am going to get your book because I think that'd be helpful too for a lot of our clients here as well Um, where can people find out more information about you if you want to give your website or if you're on social media how can people find you
1: Sure. Yeah. So I am, uh, on Facebook, on Instagram all the time. (laughs) Uh, I have the same handle on both and it's Dr. Angela Cortal. So D R and then Angela Cortal. And, uh, my website is drcortal.com again, like D R and then C O R T A L. And I have all my information there, social media and website about my practice. I do a lot of, uh, education and I'm starting uh, up in uh, January and then we'll be doing it a few times through, through the next year, a foundations of resilience program, which is taking a lot of what we talked about plus my book and then kind of putting it together in action in a, in a group atmosphere.
0: Oh, that's so cool. Um, I know a lot of people will benefit from that. Where in Portland, when you go work up there, where do you go? Cause I used to live there and my sister lives there. Oh, wonderful. Okay. So the, the clinic is
1: reconstructed wellness and it's inner Southeast on 10th and Ankeny right off Burnside. So the nearest landmark is the, oh, I'm blanking on the Doug Fur, the, 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 the popular concert venue is like a block away.
0: (laughs) Oh, okay, cool. I'll have um, my sister maybe come meet you someday.
1: Great. Yes. She can, she can look, look me up and I, I look forward to meeting her.
0: Well, thank you so much, Dr. Angela. It was a pleasure chatting with you. And I'm glad our audience got to hear about this information because we get asked about it all the time too. And it's great for me to learn more about what you do too. So well, I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you.
1: I think we're a wonderful compliment. Your, your field and my field, they, exactly. they, they fit together really
0: well. Yes. Well, Enjoy your holiday season and we will chat again soon.
1: Okay. Looking forward to it. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to the women's health happy hour podcast. If you are a woman who wants to discover how to finally end back pain and stiffness without taking painkillers, without risking unnecessary surgery, or without having to see the doctor over and over, then you need to hop on over to level4pt.com backslash back-pain. And from there, you can download our free guide with the nine quick and easy ways to end back pain and stiffness without painkiller surgery or having to see the doctor. So go on over there and it'll be sent directly to your email once you download this free guide. And we can't wait to help you. Have a great day and thanks for listening. The information given on this podcast is not intended to apply to every individual's potential injury. It is impossible to give 100% complete accurate diagnosis and prognosis without a thorough physical examination. The information provided is not meant as a substitute for your own professional advice from a healthcare provider or other medical professional. Under no circumstances will Level 4, Physical Therapy and Performance Incorporated or any of our other professionals be liable for any damage caused by reliance on the information that we make available on this podcast.